The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Seven marathons in seven days on seven different continents. It sounds impossible, doesn't it? But Belmont resident Becca Pizzi not only did it, but she won the World Marathon Championship, the World Marathon Challenge, two years ago. And she not only did it two years ago, she's off to try to do it again. Today we have Becca Pizzi with us uh, to talk about her experiences. Welcome, Betsa, Becca, and thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me, Roger. Uh, let's uh, get some background. You, you are running marathons on a daily basis uh, through the, the Marathon Challenge. Uh, how long have you run? My dad and I, I've been running since I was six years old. My dad inspired me to run. And uh, you ran through college and, well, you ran through college then? I ran through, I ran in high school, of course, and then I went on to run at the collegiate level in college out in Mars Hill University in North Carolina. And won some uh, collegiate championships, we if did. I remember correctly. We did. The, the team did. Yeah. And you're a regular at the Boston Marathon. You... Boston Marathon, I've run 17 times. It's my favorite day of the year. There's no place I'd rather be than on Patriots Day than towing the line in Hopkinton. Now, running seven marathons on seven consecutive days, let's just take out the travel. Let's assume away the, the travel. Uh, how does one train for that? When I ran it the first time, I was averaging between 170 and 100 miles a week, and I was doing CrossFit and personal training, yoga for runners, and I had about a year to prepare this time, I only found out that I was doing it about six weeks ago. I was given an opportunity to run this race again and to hopefully lower my time, and um, we'll see how that goes. And so I'm coming off nine, nine marathons this year, um, two in other countries. One was in Berlin, and one was in Chile, the Volcano Marathon, which is the highest desert marathon in the world at 15,000 feet. So I am feeling really fit. From these nine marathons this year, just may not be as fast as I was two years ago. But um, I'm, I've have run twenty marathons since, and um, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And my daughter will be at the finish line this time in Miami, so that's my inspiration to get to the finish line. And your daughter is eight. She's, eight now. She was eight when I ran the first time. This year she's ten. She's ten. Okay. She's 10. And she's a runner too. I she, understand. She's a runner, but her favorite sport is gymnastics. Oh, that's uh, that's great. Yeah. So, do you run in Mar uh, Do you run in uh, Belmont? I run uh, when all you the train. I train in every Tuesday morning. Anybody's welcome to join us at five a.m. at the Belmont track. We do track workouts, and uh, um, you can find me in the streets of Belmont um, four or five days a week. I was thinking you you must be uh, very familiar with the condition of Belmont's streets and sidewalks. Yeah, this morning's run um, was pretty icy, so you just kind of brace yourself, and I know that. Antarctica is my first marathon, and it's going to be very similar to what we've experienced this winter. Uh, when you uh, approach a competition, do you ramp up your training, or do you uh, 
ramp down your training? Which, or do you just do what you do until you leave? One month leading up to the marathon, typically I'll taper. And that just means no gym work, really, just light running. Because I want to get to the starting line healthy and ready to run. So where I only found out about this one six weeks ago, I kind of have just been putting in a lot of mileage and, and hoping it's enough. Most of us in Belmont have been complaining about the uh, the extraordinary cold that this winter. And it seems like I, I've been a New Englander for decades, uh, of course. Uh, uh, does the, extort- the extraordinary cold affect what you do and how you do it? Um, in Antarctica, it's when I ran it the first time in Union Glacier, it was negative 4 degrees. This year, we're in Novo, and it will be about 20 degrees. I'm fine until the wind wind hits, and when the wind hits, it hurts. So I kind of just know where the back stretches are with the wind and the wind tunnels, and hopefully, hopefully, just kind of just put my head down and barrel through those ones. But once I'm out of Antarctica, I feel so lucky to not be in Antarctica anymore. But it is the most beautiful place in the world. I feel very fortunate to be able to do what I love um, in an extraordinary place. Well, speaking of the wind, I, I used to, when I was younger, I used to live in Iowa, mm-hmm. and I would bicycle to work about 12 or 15 miles. And people think of Iowa as being flat, yeah. and I explain that may be the case in, until you're trying to bike up uh, yeah. d- down the highway with a wind in your face. Yeah, and that's how it is, even though it's 20 degrees in Antarctica. It's not that. It's the wind that can be fierce. So. You just kind of get through the miles, and, and, and the first one is Antarctica and get it over with. Uh, you've been relatively free of injuries, uh, except for with the last time you ran the, the challenge, mm-hmm. you, you had an injury. But you've I been did. lucky over the years. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I'm, I'm, I have a little bit of a tweak in a calf, and I just hope it hangs on. Um, I've, been, I've been working with... TB12, which is Tom Brady's company, yes. and they've been a huge help to me in trying to do core work and massage it out through deep tissue massages, and I just totally trust that they know what they're doing, and I hope that I don't get an injury. You know, I really hope and that, it's, that I just am able to hang on for the seven days, and the hardest part about going in this time is realizing that I probably am going to hurt something, some part of my body. You just, nobody runs this 777 and, and doesn't get hurt, you know, and I bounced back really quickly from from injury. So I had torn my groin the first marathon and um, the sixth marathon when I ran at 777 the first time and ran Boston in April and was fine. So I tend to bounce back really quickly. I just don't know how long I'm going to keep getting lucky lucky like that for. Are are there occupational hazards? I I don't know if that's the appropriate term, but do you find – do you have to – Watch out for particular things? No, there's nothing like that. And this is a really safe race, and we feel safe and everything's fine. And at first time, going into it was the unknown and not knowing that those that question. That was my one of my fears. It's, it's, it, but as, as I've learned the first time is we're in excellent hands with the race director. is a great guy and really is sure that we are safe and there's no problems. Actually, that that's an interesting uh, observation uh, because... When I drive places, it seems like the first time I I drive from here to Montreal or mm-hmm. here to Chicago, it seems longer because I don't know what to expect. Yeah. But do you expect it to be, if I can say, easier for 777 yeah. because you know 
what's coming? I think slow and steady wins the race, and I think I'm just going to... The, the first time doing it, I was very stressed out, and... And it was it was so intense, and I didn't I didn't really take the time to stop and look around and realize how lucky I was. And I would be in Africa, and then I would be in Asia, and then ten hours later I was in you know another part of the. So this time I will, despite I still work very very hard over the seven days, but I think I will really enjoy it more being a second time around, take more pictures, write more things down in a journal, and just really, really love it, the journey. Have you ever tried to talk anybody into doing this with you? Um, the race director of the Boston Marathon is Dave McGovery is actually running it this year, and I reached out to him. I said, "What do you think about this race?" Two years ago, and he's like, "If I was ten years younger, I would do it in a heartbeat." I said, "Well, why ten years younger? You're fitter than I am, and you're faster than I am." And I ran into him a month later, and he said, "I want you to know that I'm doing this race." And I thought, "That's so awesome!" So it's going to be fun to to be with him on the journey. And um, the race entry fee is about $40,000, so it is steep. And um, I, I feel fortunate enough to be able to do what I do. And so, but if anybody, I, all the time people ask about the race, and but you have to want, it's like the marathon, you have to want to do it. If you want to do it, contact me, and I'll walk you through the steps on how I trained and what I ate and how things went. And But I think it's hard to talk somebody into running seven marathons and seven continents in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about 2016. I, I, I imagine you could talk for hours about this, but uh, yeah. uh, can you uh, uh, let us, why don't we start with the, uh, the sequence of countries and continents? I think that that's one of the things sure. people First marvel time. about. And the point of me doing it the first time was to make history. How often do we get to make history? How often? I just knew that if I could cross the finish line, I was making history. And there were two failed attempts by American females. So I felt if I can just do this, I'll have a piece of history. And how perfect would that be for my daughter to watch that in the community of Belmont and Boston and Massachusetts and what an honor to represent our country. Um, but I also wanted to set the bar as high as I could because I thought I'm never doing this again. Set the bar <laughs> high now and you're, you're home free. Uh, the race started in Antarctica and then Antarctica, Chile, Miami, Madrid, Morocco, Dubai, and we ended in Australia. And you said uh, when we first started that you had 10 hours. There was one where you ran a race and then knew that 10 hours later... Madrid and you... Morocco were two marathons within 12 hours apart. So I crossed the finish line of Madrid around noon, and that same day we were towing the line of Morocco. And I just thought, fight through these two back-to-back -back marathons and you'll be home free. It was the marathon after that where I tore my groin. I think my body just gave out. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you travel? Uh, is, is it commercial airline? Or this you... year we have a VIP chartered plane, which I'm really excited about because we get the seats laid down flat into beds. We get to keep ourselves on the plane, and it's going to be more comfortable. When I did it two years ago, we were going through customs every day and bring it, going through American Airlines and lugging our things everywhere, and that part was exhausting. So this part-time, having a chartered plane will be a huge difference. We can also stay the night in hotels now. It did it, did it go smoothly? Uh, setting aside the, the injury, uh, did it go smoothly or was there some point where you said, this is all falling apart? Uh, no, we, the thing about this is I put my whole heart into the training for a year and I thought I could work so hard over this year and 
it, the weather could not let us out due to fun, how often do our flights get canceled and delayed. And yes. So that part was really stressful. Like I didn't want to get to marathon five or six and have a delay in the weather. So having this so much out of your hands was harder than I thought that it would be. But we had no hiccups. Everything went really smoothly. So this will be like the fourth year in a row that the race director has put this race on. And I, I'm just hoping that for another smooth area. He's so he's brilliant in what he does. And I feel like he'll, if we miss this flight or connect, he'll get us there. You know, it's just the hoping that we don't have any rain delays or snow delays. You were telling us about the advantages of having the, the VIP uh, airplane this year. Uh, when you did it the first time around, it, uh, did you have an, an opportunity to not see the sights because you weren't anywhere long enough to see the sights, yeah. but to absorb uh, the fact that you were in Morocco or the fact that you were in Chile? The thing I had never done was run a marathon in another country. So I thought that was really unique and fun. We tasted the foods, the local foods, which was great, delicious. I loved eating. I had a dessert on every continent, which was really fun. And I thought I it went better than I thought that it would the first time around. I, I really, you know, people would be like, go visit this. And I'm like, oh, we are only averaging 10 hours per continent. Right, There's right. no time to go. So it was tough to be in Morocco but not go visit this. And sometimes we ran through the night, you know, so the race does not – the race begins when we touch down, land, we go to the starting line and, and start the run. And so oftentimes we would running at 10 o'clock at night. So I'd go all the way to Africa and run through the night and not even really see, like, anything. But to me – I probably would never go to Africa or I would never go to Asia. Not that I, I just wouldn't have really an opportunity to go. So right. being there, I, I just thought so, felt I was so fortunate, you know, to be looking at these beautiful countries and places and doing what I love. I love to travel and I love to run. So I had a lot of fun. And my understanding is that Antarctica was both your most favorite and least favorite. Yeah, it was my most favorite. It's really, really beautiful. We ran on a glacier. I really, really loved it until it was cold. And then when it was cold, I just wanted to go home. But we also stayed three nights to acclimate to the weather in Antarctica. We're not doing that this time. And I didn't really like being... We had satellite phones to call home. And it was just... I felt so desolate out there. I felt like there was just nothing around. So that was kind of scary for me. And if I needed to get in touch with my daughter... I had to call her through satellite, and that was tough for me. But um, I, I loved it. It's, it's if you ever get the opportunity to go, go. And of course, it, it didn't hit me until right now. But your daughter wouldn't have gone with you, yeah. And you were out to do business. Yeah, uh, I feel uh, like and so daughter stayed home. Yeah, and I feel like this. These are I don't look at them as vacations, although they're so much fun. Yeah. I, when I leave her, it's very hard for me to leave her. Very, very hard. And I. When I do leave her, I feel like I'm treating it as a business trip. You know, I'm. That's that's how I feel. So let's talk about winning. Yeah. Uh, uh, you didn't just just doing this unto itself. Yeah. It is a win, like you said, and being the first American woman to yeah. finish it. But you won, and you set a world record. I did. I was really happy to do that and make my sponsors proud, and that was that meant a lot to me. Did you yeah. expect to win? Oh, I is that hope, a fair question? No, I hope I hoped I would win. You know, this time going into it, the competition is fierce, but I'll always do my best. I'm going to race my race plan and hope that it's enough to win, and I'll be crushed if I don't. You know, and I I feel like 
if I don't win, I know that I've done my best, you know, and somebody just did it better. Do you feel the burden of expectations? Yes. Yeah, the tremendous amount of pressure on and that I put on myself. You know, nobody, people, they're like, go out and bury it and do the best you can do, but it's always fun to win. How does having done this and having won this, uh, well, let me put this as a proposition and see what your Mm -hmm. reaction is. Uh, And I start with the observation that in my wildest dreams, I can't imagine somebody doing this. So uh, having done it Mm -hmm. and having finished it and having won, do you find that there are other challenges that... uh, you're more willing to take on, uh, thinking that how can anything be more difficult uh, having yeah. having mastered this? I do feel like that. I crossed the finish line and realized anything is possible. You know, people were, said to me, I will follow you because I don't believe that this is even possible. You know, and I'm going to follow you for that reason. And I said, well, wh- whether or not you follow me and support me that way. But I had to prove them wrong. I had to prove everybody wrong that, you know, my parents didn't love this idea when I told them about it, and it was for <laughs> safety. And I just said, it's, it's happening. And I, I think when I say I'm going to do something, believe that I'm going to do it, whatever it is, and I'll do it and the best that I can, you know. But I, I crossed the finish line and thought anything is possible. And we, when I say I did it, it's not I did it, it's we did it, the community. Because there's a team. This, and it's it's the community that helped me get to reach my dreams, you know, so there's no way that I could do this by myself, and the support of the town of Belmont and, and my community is, I mean, I put on my, my 5K race every year just to give back to the community, and and I'm so proud of that. I'm most proud of the things that I've done after the race, after I crossed the finish line. Talking to the schools, inspiring the schools, expi- inspiring as many schools as I can, and kids, and that's, I ran this race to inspire the world and to show the world that you can do anything you put your mind to. And do you find that... Um I, I don't want to be, well, let, let me not uh, do the disclaimer. Do you, do you find that girl athletes, female athletes, maybe not even young girls, but just female athletes in general, look up to you and turn to you? And men. Some of the nicest emails I've ever gotten in my life oh, have, that's been, have, great. Been, have been from men. But um, I, re- I really am proud to be a female and. I, I was third overall, so I beat many men, you know, and, and it made me, I was very proud of that. I was really proud in the community of men and women and have, have just been, and kids in all ages and all, have just been so supportive. I can't believe it. I feel so fortunate. And l- let's come back and visit that, that for a minute mm-hmm. because w- one objection that uh, uh, I have to... Uh, the, the the girls' basketball team mm-hmm. at Belmont High, for example, mm-hmm. is when they were called the Lady Marauders, mm-hmm. and I thought people were distinguishing between girl athletes mm-hmm. and athletes. So what you did wasn't simply a, an accomplishment for a female athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you were ahead of nine of the 11, uh, all of the other women yeah. and nine of the 11 mm-hmm. men. So what you did was just... Uh, uh, not gender specific at all. Right, right. That's what I think. Why the story grew so big is not only did she, she that I just did so well, you know, under those terms, and was up against some good athletes. So I was, I was definitely proud of that, and I saw that people took note of it too. Since you've been back uh, as the the world champion, mm-hmm. uh, have you 
had a chance to do fun and exciting things, uh, do network uh, Yeah, I've network met shows. so many people. I've teamed up with the John Hancock Marathon team, and I get to coach them with Greg Myers, who won the Boston Marathon. And my network has definitely expanded, and um, I'm so proud of the race that I put, put on in Belmont um, April 29th. And it's a way to get the community together. And I got to throw out the first pitch at Fenway Park. I got to meet David Ortiz, and it's been so much fun. I've had I've had a real fun time. I've always I'm re- really happy where I am in my life, and I've always really have been, you know. But because because I I work seven days a week, and I manage Muzi's Ice Cream Shop, and I own a daycare, and I run so much. And but the thing is, is that I love what I'm doing. I love my jobs. I love the to run so it's not work to me you know i feel fortunate uh, i want to remind our our listeners today that we're speaking with uh, becca peasy mm-hmm. becca is a belmont resident and she was the first uh, female athlete to complete the world marathon challenge mm-hmm. and in 2016 she not only won the world marathon challenge but she set the world record which i believe still stands still stands I'm a baseball fan, and one of the things that strikes me about baseball pitchers is that there's something special about the way they're put together, Mm -hmm. the the way their arms are structured. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there... can anybody do what you do if they work hard enough, or if, are you built in some way that... No. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I watched somebody who was not a runner run it la- when I ran it for charity, and he had never run a marathon. And I believed in him. I knew I knew he was going to do it because he believed in him. He had never run a marathon and pulled out seven marathons one after another. And to watch him do that, and, and he played football for Notre Dame, but he wasn't built like a runner, and he, and he couldn't run, you know, when he started training, he couldn't run more than two miles. And to watch that unfold was so inspiring. So if you believe in yourself, it's hard to believe in yourself because there's so many reasons as, oh, I w-, when people say to me, I would love to do what you're doing, but I don't have time. That's hard for me because I don't have time. My daughter's 10 years old. I I work seven days, but I find time for the things that I love. So I always, when I give my motivational talks, I say, find your world marathon challenge. Find what it is that you're passionate about and what you believe in and follow your dreams and dream big, you know, and that's what I I always say. And if you believe in it, you can do it. And can you articulate uh, why you, why you took this on? i you talk about following your dreams, yeah. but what brought this to uh, to you? My daughter, when I asked her about this, I, I had already run 45 marathons at the time, and I said, what do you think about this, Taylor? Do you think Mommy can do it? And she said, <laughs> Mom, you got this. We'll support you. We're going to go learn about the continents. We learned about continents. We learned about what everything we needed to know. We did our homework on each continent and had a lot of fun learning about it, and then... I said, if she watches me do this and puts in the hard work and she, she'll break out of her shell, and she did. She broke out of her shell, and she competed at the Heinz Convention Center for a gymnastics meet, and, and watching her succeed has I've been so proud of, you know. And she says to me, Mom, if you did that, then I can do this, and I, and I love when she says that to me. I, I have a weird question. To, to many of us, 
what what you do or what you've done sounds like this grand adventure. It, it in some ways it sounds almost romantic, mm-hmm. uh, but I wonder if we sometimes overly romanticize it. Are there times where you just say, "This is really drudge work"? I got, Do you understand what I'm yeah, asking? Yeah, I got myself in trouble when I ran the Volcano Marathon, and it was at 15,000 feet altitude, and I saw it, thought it what was... What am I doing? Yeah, I thought this is not... I never thought this is too big for me, because I'll try anything, but I thought this this is way different than I thought that I could ever... I don't think that I was mentally and physically prepared enough to enter that race and take on that race. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And when I crossed the finish line, I was hysterically crying. I was like, I did it. I triumphed. I figured it out. And and that's what I love about these endurance races. You you just... you go. Your highs are incredibly highs, and your lows are really low. And when you hit rock bottom, you just put one foot in front of another and figure it out. And and that's the thing. Sometime, you know, what I kept thinking of, of is sometimes you wake up and you don't feel good or you blow a tire or you don't – you have to get to work. People are relying on you to be at the finish line. And, you know, and so that was my only – just figure it out, put your head down, and you're, you're going to get there. So that that was kind of like how, how it went for yeah. me. You know, and, and so – I would think that would have to, it, it, there would have to be circumstances. Yeah, like there, that. but, you know, I thought climbing Everest would be really cool. Doing an Ironman would be really cool. But my decisions from Volcano on will be definitely very well thought out from that point on. I, I was thinking, <laughs> how, I mean, you know, how could, they did their training in the Swiss Alps. They did their training in all of, and in Chile, right there at 15,000 feet. How, how could I think coming from Boston, Charles River, Belmont Streets, that I could run at 15,000 feet altitude? Yes. I put my life in danger. But but we saw 15 active live volcanoes, and it was the most beautiful thing in the world. I, I loved it. I But I'll, I'll recon- carefully reconsider. But this <laughs> this to me is, you know, I've, I've been there. I've done that. How can I do it better? Yes, yes. Well, I, I have one last question. Sure. We're running short of time. But... Uh, uh, I'm interested in the first step of the first race. It seems like uh, of all the steps mm-hmm. th- that you take over the course of seven days, taking the first one knowing that what's ahead of you, yeah. I, I, what, what's going through your mind? When we take the Russian illusion, it's a private military plane, and when I walk down the stairs and touch foot on, in Antarctica, I think you are so lucky to have your health to be doing what you love to be doing. Stop, look around. I'm so fortunate to be doing those things. And I say, you have seven days of very hard work ahead of you. And just take one race at a time. If the race is becoming too big for me, take one mile at a time and one foot in front of another until you get to the finish line. And no negative thoughts. And and I don't use negative thoughts when I go to work. I don't use negative thoughts. Think positively at all times, but I just think you have seven days ahead of you of very hard work, and you'll figure it out. Thanks for coming. We're we're out of time. We have to uh, uh, to stop. Uh, I know that you're extraordinarily busy getting ready to uh, leave in a couple days for this second effort. So thanks for stopping over. Thanks for having me. We have been talking with Becca Peasy. Becca is a Belmont resident who is the. Uh, reigning champion and reigning world record holder for the World Marathon uh, Challenge.
You've been listening to Community Conversations. I would like to thank you, the listeners, as well. You can access Community Conversations uh, through iTunes by searching for the BMC Podcast Network. And you can also access Community Conversations on the Belmont Media website, belmontmedia.org, by looking for the BMC Podcast Network. You've been listening to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will talk to you again next week.